Good afternoon, medics. It's it's uh, been a hot minute. Things have been going on with lectures and trying to get things done with school. Learning more about uh, my my journey through education personally, and uh, I you know I've said it before in the show. I have a hard time knowing what to talk about because the whole world is focused on COVID, and I'm not out there living it like you guys are out there living it. So I, I sometimes have a hard time coming up with with a good podcast topic. However. Uh, this is Douglas Spencer. We've had him on a while back. Actually, you came on to talk about the volunteer firefighter cancer bill. Well, it was is a firefighter cancer bill that was kind of hurting the volunteer stations. And um, are you really just sitting that still or did you lock up? Okay, you're just sitting that still. Oh, my God. I thought the video locked up for a second. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Well, hold on. I'll, I'll do my Parkinson's. No, that's that's that's. <laughs> that's not good uh, <laughs> but all right so we, we and we talked about the cancer bill we actually had a, a, a senator call in that was a good conversation um and i've been wanting to, i've been asking for the community look i, I want to know what it's like out there what what is going on in the world for you in the field and douglas we were talking yesterday and and he happened to have some time today so i'm like look i've been wanting to ask specifically about volunteers and EMS and fire and how that's working in the face of COVID. Uh, so let's uh, let's go back. Let's just kind of establish a baseline now with, um, you know, and of course, we'll take your questions in the chat, you know, here on Facebook. Definitely do that. If you've got follow-up questions and listening to the podcast, hit me up, Charles, at gaiems.com. So uh, everything's changed, right? Social distancing, um I want you to talk about some of, of working on EMS and what you were telling me the other day, but I've been wondering about how with everybody working from home, right? Things going on with, with the ER somewhat emptying out because people are afraid to go to ERs. To, they don't want to get COVID because they don't know how it's transmitted. And that's fair. I mean, that's fair for the longest time. We didn't know. Now we only know a little bit. We still don't know a whole lot about it from my understanding. Anyway, tell me what you're telling me about how when y'all were going to the er on the ambulance you actually work as an advanced dmt with an ambulance company what was it like at the hospital so when it first started uh i don't think uh, anybody really knew how to to react to it uh, and so the hospital just kind of locked down and they said look uh we're we're going to treat this uh like the worst possible case uh, you guys will do patient transfers uh outside in the decon area We'll actually bring beds out to you. We'll do the stretcher swap out there, get the reports, and you guys just you guys stay out. Uh, now they're kind of like, okay, you know, we we've got a little bit more information. Uh, you guys can kind of come in and and do your stuff a little bit more routinely, but there's still, uh, you know, masks on everything. Uh, we're we're swapping out gloves more frequently than we used to. I know. Uh, just one of the habits that, that some of our, our folks would have is, you know, if you're not teching, then if you're driving, you don't, you don't keep your gloves. And so when you get to the hospital, you're dragging a stretch around and stuff and you're not really paying attention. You could uh, read glove up. I mean, you should take your gloves off. You don't need to put no COVID hands on the steering wheel, but you, you could glove up after you're done no, driving. That, that's what I'm saying. Now okay. people are so much more peculiar about re-gloving and wearing the mask the entire time that you've got the patient in the truck uh, and, and out of the hospitals and stuff and, and deconning the trucks all the time. Uh, so, you know, 
I think we're getting to a new norm where, you know, now you wear gloves for everything. I, I see masks just they're going to be a part of the the industry from now on well you know how long has it been i honestly don't know but i know it's been probably a decade but how long has it have masks been pretty much the norm in asia you know in japan i mean i know it's part of asia but i want to be specific you know japan china all the asian i know i i just i talk redneck sometimes sorry you know that <laughs> those asian places and china and japan you know um <laughs> uh but that has been the norm there is you go out with masks on and i'm okay with it. i got me a cool mask to wear that actually has a vent in it so it brings in um cooler fresh air so it don't get as overheated or whatnot and and as long as it's not a respiratory based virus an airborne based virus i guess i should say the masks that we have today are fine i'm gonna tell everybody who's listening to my voice if somebody if they come out and prove any virus is airborne that underwear crap you wear on your face ain't gonna cut it it ain't you gotta have you've got to have an n95 hepa filter mask or and then you can't have what douglas and i have douglas has a a beard and i have a goatee because you can't get a seal you have to be sealed up you know uh but i do have a a mask i'm fine with it's old and it looks like original nintendo nes controller you're across the front of it and it's got yeah it's really cool um but i know i've washed my hands more but i I know for the most part, because I might be having to move a patient from the stretcher to a bed, I always put gloves back on after I drove to the hospital. But it is interesting to hear about meeting you in the bay so you can't come into the hospital. Um, I know that I've had medic friends of mine get exposure and have to stay at home for two weeks, whatever, uh, uh, for for it. Uh, we get report now that Ronnie Franklin, who's a medic I worked with, uh, both him and his mom have tested positive for COVID-19 and both have been vented. Now, I don't know how active he was working. I don't know. It, Cause honestly, I feel bad about that. I mean, I did. So I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, I liked working with Ronnie. I mean, everybody has issues with everybody else as human beings, but I have a fond memory of working with Ronnie and, and that, that kind of thing. And, and I don't know if he got it on the truck or anywhere else. And it's not good. The end results there. Do you have that fear being on the truck, going out and serving your community as a volunteer fraction, which we'll, we'll get into the volunteer stuff, but you personally go, I'm worried a little bit about getting COVID and taking it home to my kids. No, no, I, I don't worry about it. Um, I, I haven't really worried about the, the other things that you deal with the, the Mercers and the, the herpes and the, the, all the other bad things around there before, you know, years ago, I heard a guy saying, you know, um, uh, well, I, I just, I'm not going to make a career out of EMS because I don't want to have to tell my kids that, you know, something I got 10 years ago is going to kill me today. Yeah, there's, there's bad stuff out there, but I, I kind of, I like using my downtown and pick your, pick your big city. I was just using Atlanta, but it has nothing to do with the, the, the actual city. You're in a downtown urban area. It's perfectly safe if you pay attention to what you're doing, but if you do something stupid, you're going to get mugged. That's kind of the same thing. You know, I, I don't fear life. It just, you know, you got to take care of yourself. Pay attention to what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Out we've in the boonies, got, you get mugged by protocols. deer, man. You got to be, I'm more afraid <laughs> of driving in your neighborhood than driving in Atlanta. <laughs> but no, you're well, right. You can't be afraid of life. And that's what kind of what we do here. But we do have to be careful. And it is tragic when you hear, and scary. I'm going to be real. It's scary when you hear of, of a, a fellow medic. Even if it's just, well, I was exposed and, you know, you got to go home for two weeks. But when you hear it actually takes hold and there are events, 
that that's a rough thing and and we got i, I want to encourage everybody stay off the news stay stay off of the reports of fear of what's going on i'm telling you with my eyes i've seen two sides of it that that people will spin one side is i've gone into er's during the height of the fear and panic of COVID, and you could argue we're in the height now but we're not really in the height of fear we're understanding more and more each day but in the height of the cdc says we don't know what's going on i was going into an er on an ambulance and it was empty like it was two-thirds or less full of in the rooms of er's and then the lobby had nobody in it and of course we commented on it we're like yeah you know i guess i guess it's showing people that that emergencies are emergencies and a lot of the other stuff are not um and let, i'm gonna answer this real quick because it's important to the next thing but but the the flip side of it is i've also talked to people who work in the icus and working uh, on the covid floors like some hospitals make floors that are just for known covid positive patients and i know there absolutely are people dying from it and there's absolutely people filling up those beds you know, for that reason and so when you hear well the hospitals are empty they're lying to you no they're not they're spinning the story and when you hear you know millions of people or not millions but when you hear all these high percentage death rates of it well that's not true either and somewhere in the middle is the truth that that we have to work together to to listen to and and, and get to um and unfortunately what we do in this field and what I honestly, it's, it's, this is where I want to get into the volunteer work. Cause when you choose to be a medic and you get on a truck as a living to do this job, you're accepting. And that guy, I mean, he, he made me do the dog twitch. What? I don't want to tell my kids that something I got 10 years ago is killing me now. I'm sorry. You might have a wreck tomorrow and have a blood transfusion that 10 years from now I might go, well, you <laughs> think that might be killing you because of this disease we didn't see. You could be shopping at Walmart and get COVID. You I mean, you, I don't know the person. He could be an upright standing Christian man. But, you know, I know a lot of people in the field. You could be sleeping around and things you got 10 years ago (laughs) could be killing you today. I mean, that was such a dumb statement. But at the same time, right, I had that fear of of people like, oh, we have a whole separate washing machine for uniforms. And I never take my boots inside because, you know, I don't want my my baby crawling up and licking on them, you know, and getting something off of it. And then. I mean, okay, that that just image alone is just gross, whether I'm a medic or not. <laughs> but I, I, you know, there was something I was like, you know what? But the reality is, I'm not knocking anybody that has a separate washing machine. Do you do whatever makes you feel comfortable and safe? But for me, what made me feel comfortable and safe is the soap I use and the Clorox and whatever other chemicals I use to clean. They clean until something like COVID comes along where we aren't sure, and then we'll learn the new world, right? So with volunteer work. Has the county officially come out and said, you're on your own, don't respond? What's it look like in the volunteer world when when that structure fire goes out? Or or really, not the structure fire, when the sick call goes out or the chest pain call? So just a couple of weeks into this, uh, our EMS director made the call to not dispatch first responders unless there was a specific need where you're working a code or where you've got uh, you know, a bariatric lift assist or something like that. Um, so they're, the first responders are still not going on the routine calls. Uh, the, the 911 dispatchers are supposed to be screening for 
you know, the, the list of questions, have you been to China lately? Do you have a fever? And does that you know? delay response times? Uh, not, not an appreciable amount, not for us. Um, so they're like, they'll dispatch the EMS, but then they'll ask the questions. Sometimes, sometimes I'll ask the questions and then dispatch. Sometimes they'll dispatch and then ask questions. Uh, and it, it depends on the thing too. I mean, if they're dispatching for a car wreck, they don't ask questions first. If somebody calls in and goes, I can't breathe. They ask questions, you know, to get a little bit more specifics on it. Um, as far as the fire departments, uh, outside of the medical responding volunteers, we did uh, come up with a, a before we got our our own set of N95s and our own basically the the class C hazmat stuff, uh, we just said, hey, look, uh, if you've got to go to a, a car wreck and you know you're you're in close contact with an un- unknown subject, then uh, you've got SCBAs on the truck. Use the SCBAs. That's a complete isolated breathing environment and then we can desanitize those uh when they go back in uh in service okay so that that's the way we got around doing it what has happened to your response numbers like are people not responding as much are you not getting the hands on deck at like you used to yeah the 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 people the people that are are the the usual responders, if you know what I mean about that, you know, you've got those four or five guys that you just expect all the time. If something goes out in their area or you got that, that one or two guys that, that gets kind of respond wherever those are still there. It's that, that next tier that you're, you're not seeing. So, uh, you know, if, if you had a call where you would normally see, you know, six or eight people, um, you'd see, you know, three or four, if you're calling out those things where, you know, you're going to need lift assistance for something, uh, those things where you, you know, you're going to need, you know, uh, some extra stuff. And as far as structure fires, uh, we're a very rural County and I haven't got any kind of baseline to tell you what we have or haven't had on that. Um, we've had some wrecks and I haven't seen an appreciable difference in, in the wrecks, although, we did for, for a while have a problem with people actually using the proper precautions. There were people that were still climbing into the cars with no, mm. no masks or anything. So we kind of had to, to step back and go, Hey, look, th- we're, we're serious about this stuff. Whether whatever your personal beliefs are on this issue, this is our department policy. And you know, if, if you don't like it, you don't have to respond. Uh, there was yeah. a lot of people that have come up, you know, even with some other things, well, I'm a volunteer. Fine. If you want to do this, this is how you do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah. I, I on a different, cause I haven't dealt with firefighters like that, but on a different volunteer note, I've had somebody say to me, you can't follow up fire a volunteer. I'm like, yeah, I can. You still have to do the job. I want you to do. And you could, oh, I'm not even going to get on that soapbox, but have you, and I'm not trying to call anybody out because I get it. I get it. If the world changed enough and we don't know enough about it for you to go, I feel okay doing this. Have you had any volunteers flat out say I'm done or I'm not going to respond to these kind of calls? Yeah, we've, we've had some volunteers that say they're not going out for, for sick stuff. They're being very cautious about, uh, I mean, even some of the training stuff where they'd say, look, I'm, I'm not coming to the monthly training or the, the, you know, whatever, uh, 
because I don't want to be in a large group. I've got, you know, some concerns with my kids, with my parent, with my dog, with whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so the state actually, uh, both the, the standards and training council and the pension fund both suspended training requirements for a period of time. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure if they're back in swing with that or not yet. Uh, but I mean, the, the fire Academy shut down, the national fire Academy shut down. And so we, we did have to do, uh, we had to rethink how you do training and getting a, a large group of people in a small room and talking through stuff just isn't happening. Um, but you've still got to have those folks that are rolling in and, and we're looking at starting a recruit class in a few weeks. And so, you know, how, how do you deal with that? How do you, uh, are you going to require them to wear the masks or just say, Hey, the masks are available. Uh, you know, are you going to well, put them can't you in do a lot of setting or what? I mean, I'm assuming you'll be teaching a recruit class because that's always how that goes. Uh, but yeah, can't yeah. you do this? Can't you pull up a Zoom and have everybody log in for most of, of those classes? And then you figure out the hand the hands-on. Honestly, if they're not willing to come to hands-on, they can't yeah, be in the class. But six, I mean, well, six people per instructor, you can do that class and, and be safe. Check temperatures when you come in, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're talking about CPR stuff, the um, uh, American Heart Association limits the size of that class. Um, well, I know an EMS class we have to have one instructor per, not for lectures, but for hands on one instructor per six students. I don't know on the fire side, but you're you're not necessarily pulling in thirty people, which according to the state of Georgia, you can have up to fifty people and not die. <laughs> I, I don't think I do it. something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's the, that's the standard. Uh, we're up to 50 people can be in there without social distancing. So we haven't talked about doing any kind of virtual stuff. Uh, just, uh, the students that we have aren't, aren't the kind of students that would do well with a, a virtual learning environment. Uh, some of them don't have computers and internet access. Uh, some of them are, I'm honestly uh, asking, are you saying they don't have a smartphone? Yeah. Yeah. There's, okay. I, I do, I do classes for some 45, 50 year old people. Um, and now they're not interior structural firefighters like you and I would think of, of firefighters, but, uh, they can show up to, to do other things. And that's kind of their point. You know, some people will show up and go, look, uh, ain't no way I'm going in a burning house, but teach me how to run the truck or, you know, uh, <laughs> that's me all day, man. When, uh, if I were to volunteer, that's, that's me all day. Well, you know, the, the, uh, the SCBAs do have a, a size limit to them too. Mm. I think we can, <laughs> we can rig a system for me. I'm good. There's no seatbelt extension. Ah, hey, wait, wait, what? shut up. Um, uh, that's it. I, uh, I just so, remember a Batman ride at six flags. I'm just saying it's, Look, that was well over ten years ago. Well past the the. God, you can't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so you don't be bringing up old dirt. Stop it. Stop it. Um, and, and uh, Terry Dearman says uh, COVID stinks, but if you take proper precautions, your chances of contacting it is less than if or when you're doing personal business. And I believe that for EMS versus personal life, dude. We know. We know in our field. This is just my belief humans are just dirty they're just dirty people kids are the worst my kids are dirty i'm not singling anybody out i've always gone to the grocery store and been like don't talk to me don't touch me if there's three people in an aisle i'll wait 
I'll go around to another aisle. Now everybody's doing it. You know, I social distancing for a school because I didn't like being around people, random people, you know, and I see people sneeze in their hand and they'll reach up and grab a box or something and put it back on the shelf. Now, <laughs> at least there is a more concerted effort to have less people at the stores. Uh, there's more concerted effort to have people wear masks. Uh, some people wear gloves. Um, yeah, Roy's with me. I believe the rule of thumb as far as fires go. If I can't see it, I'm good enough, <laughs> you know, um, but, but, but. I, something that's concerned me honestly recently it's not really part of this talk but it's something possible my mind talking about grocery stores is big chain grocery stores and that's what's around me and you know, i don't really have any mom and pop aldi's the closest mom and pop and technically it's a big chain store um but like Publix and kroger's they're having empty shelves and i don't mean like toilet paper you know or or you know milk sandwiches i mean you're going in and there's multiple lacking spots on stuff like soda and canned beans and and you know, random things random things and yeah. i maybe went to the ice cream aisle i'm like you know what i'm gonna get some fun ice cream for tonight and most of what i would eat was gone just empty i'm like and Aaron, i was like man this must be a really crappy store and she's like no because she's the one that handles most of that. i just happened to go out with her today so no all the ones that we usually frequent around town you know this three or four publics you go to or the Kroger's, whatever the multiple but you know whatever you do they're all like this i'm like okay now out of everything i've heard and all of this stuff of all the research of all the things i'm seeing with social distancing this is the one that bothers me how are we not still getting things shipped how are we still not getting things in the store what's what's going on because now you're talking about and to me in a real sense of running out of food that's that's never a good thing that causes panic and then i see the the farmer stuff how they're throwing away these potatoes because the, the demand is down i'm like okay one that's drama unless you have a contract that says you cannot sell it to anybody else which is a bad deal to start with and i'm not even going to start it on how much i'll say this COVID has shown us as a society how many wrong things we were doing on so many levels before Oh, it's great to sign a contract with the government and, and make sure we're going to feed all these schools and the farmers are guaranteed to have income and, and crops. But now we're seeing it as a bad deal where they can't sell, ton, according to them and the stuff you see on social media, which you can believe that as much as you can believe anything, is you know you see people putting throwing away hundreds of pounds, if not you know thousands of pounds of produce because they can't sell it to anybody else and blah, blah blah and the chain's broken i'm like no everything was broken i was calling it nobody wanted to see it and yeah some people are hoarding some stuff roy's right which is also worrisome but nothing that has come out in reports have said there should be a breakdown in production that there's a breakdown in shipment nothing so either somebody's hiding something or don't want to talk about it or there's other issues going on and that goes in hand how did you feel about how did you in the chat room how did you feel about these stories that were making headlines of nurses and, and medics whoever they i'm not trying to separate nurses from medics medical field personnel where they were finding the most tragic faces of how they got scarred from wearing having to wear their masks all the time this and that and the other i'm like i'll tell you i felt in a second but how did you feel when you see these campaigns and these headlines go on and and how our healthcare workers are being treated and the fact that they have to wear these masks That that's a you question, Douglas. 
You said in the chat stuff. I said in the chat too. They're good. They're behind. You get an answer, Ralph. <laughs> well, it's truly a tragic situation to, to anyone that is is associated with or related to people that, that have, have died with this stuff. Uh, but there are always going to be people that exaggerate their situation for, for whatever reason. Um, and like I told you the other day, I, I feel like in this particular case, there's just no clear consistency because everybody has their expert that says the exact opposite of the other guy with his expert. And that, that for me is my biggest problem that, uh, you know, there's no clear, consistent, how are we actually dealing with this? What is it going to do? We're, where's the real concern because everybody seems to be out for themselves and yeah. it's yeah. just, we're tearing ourselves apart and yeah, you, you can call this thing COVID, but I mean, you can look through history at societies in general and they've come across anything that they have feared and torn themselves apart because of this just happens to be ours right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think everything is over politicized and over dramatized. Um, I, I, I also uh, feel like the right people aren't talking. No, let me rephrase. I feel like the right people aren't listening to each other. Yeah. Do you wear yeah. a mask when you go out in public? Uh, I don't. Um, if, if a place says, Hey, we want you to wear a mask. I'm not going to be a jerk. I'll put on a mask. If you, you know, if you feel it's encumbering you, because I don't go around punching people in the face either. You know, mm, you did bring up the Batman ride. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> why not? Why don't you wear a mask when you leave the house? I, personally, I don't feel that the mask is any protection to me. So the, I am, I'm asking for argument's sake. So the argument that, um, if if it's uh, um, droplet borne, right? If it's transmitted through through droplets, um, you you don't feel like having a mask on you and a mask on me helps prevent that kind of transmission. Well, when did you put a mask on a TB patient? When they said they had TB. Yeah. Why? Because that's what my protocol said I had to do. <laughs> but no, because it, it's they can have a cough, and at any time they can exactly. cough and they can come out. And so I put a because mask on them because they're symptomatic. Because you know I don't walk. No, they and, could, you know, no, no, no. For me, they could be symptomatic. I don't care if they had a cough or not. Yeah, I got a history of TB. Mask goes on. Thank you, yeah. man. I appreciate you if telling you got, me. If you have a history of a respiratory infection, yeah, there's a clear risk there, but. I don't walk around stores with gloves because I think people might bleed on me. I don't walk around a store mm. with a mask because I think people might sneeze on me. I mean, mm, you know. I do. <laughs> I, I've, I've always wanted to wear gloves in stores when I don't like touching stuff behind people. Um, it just looked weird. Now I can do it and not be looking weird. Um, <laughs> um, I see. Here's, here's my, my take on the whole mask things. It doesn't hurt you. Right. And it can help you a little bit because, again, I haven't looked at the latest research, but there's been no clear cut that CDC has spoken. This is how it works. This is how we fix it. This is how we predict, you know, and life can go. We haven't gotten that yet. So exactly. We have gotten to say they think Lysol kill, you know, can kill it. Clorox, those things can kill it on surface. It doesn't live on surfaces nearly as long as they thought. They said they think sunlight can help kill it, which is all good things to learn. But they also believe it's not airborne related, right? So it's not the breathing. Because I'm telling you again, 
I love, I love the one thing that did come out of the hospital drama was a guy sitting with a COVID, or I'm uh, sorry, uh, N95 mask next to a person in scrubs wearing one of the, under, what I call the underwear mask, right? Just a plain piece of cloth across <laughs> her face. And they held up the lighter and he was trying to blow it. He couldn't blow it out through the, the N95 mask because we know that's how it works. And they held the lighter in front of the person and, went, and it blew right out. And he's like, yep, that mask ain't doing nothing for you if, if it's airborne. Um, but if it's, until we find out otherwise, again, I went and bought a nice, cool-looking mask. I like how I look in it. It feels good on me. It lets me breathe a little bit, especially since I know it's not airborne, or at least we believe it's not airborne. We could be proven wrong tomorrow or can mutate, whatever. But it's not airborne-based. Then if you have a mask on you and I have a mask on me and we're random strangers, I feel a whole lot better. You look at me without a mask on. I'm just walking the other way because I don't know you. I don't owe you nothing, fool. I don't want nothing, you know. And actually, I appreciate I appreciate the waiters and waitresses whenever I do go out having them on. Um, and I like here's another reason why I suggest wearing a mask, Douglas, because when these dumbasses put on Axe body spray like it's a goddamn shower, then I don't have to breathe it as much. I mean, it still kind of comes through, but it's not nearly as strong as we're like, oh my god, dude, what's wrong oh, with you? So. Your point is that you feel safer with a mask, which is fine. Well, with me. I, I think I think if it is water based, like you cough or you spare, you talk, and it's transmitted. So I, I think why, it definitively is safer that if you cough and it hits your mask and still somehow makes it to my mask, my mask is going to stop it. If it doesn't, yeah. then I was meant to get sick. But why didn't you wear a mask last year? If if you're saying, oh, dude, I've been social want- distancing. That's why I didn't wear a mask last year. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but things change, right? Well, things what grow. Our 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 awareness. Fundamentally, you have people that walk around with the flu last year. You had people that walked around with oh. colds last year. Well, what fundamentally changed is we have what could be considered for for argument's sake a new form of the flu that acts differently than the flu does and it puts people on ventilators worst case scenarios right that fundamentally for me that did fundamentally change is we have the unknown once it's known i might not take off my mask because it does help with the perfume (laughs) yeah so i i believe that a mask is the new norm especially in the ems world he's not gonna do it what you're just not gonna do it outside of ems <laughs> i mean that's what you said but yeah i would so you i'm sorry that well okay ems so now you believe in ems 100 we're gonna mask up all the time now yes just like we glove up all the time now we're gonna mask up all the time now but it you know the the level of your protection is based on what your perceived risk is. And so now you're going to get these companies that are going, well, we have a greater perceived risk. You know, here's what we want you to do as our employees to mitigate that risk. But to me personally, I'm at no greater risk today than I was a year ago of catching something. And I'm not saying COVID or the flu or, you know, gonosifa herpes or whatever, but the risk is the same today as it was last year. You've just been able to identify a risk. Now there could be something else out there that we don't know about yet. I mean, you could be getting alien I, death I, rays from being out under rain clouds or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm ready. I am stupid stuff. for 2020. I'm ready for our alien overlords to finally come and hit the reset button. I'm good with that. 
but no, I mean, honestly, I will disagree to that point of with hepatitis B, which is is, is a very common, I and mean, it's so common we teach about it and saying this is the most common thing that EMTs are exposed to and can be infected by. We get a shot as EMS providers for that. We get a vaccination yep. for that. I'm good. Polio. Uh, uh, what's what's the one that case? Smallpox. We had essentially eradicated smallpox, and it's back because of non-vaxxers. Okay, but that is something we can take steps for. We understand how it works. We have proven if we can take care of it. We can do. It. I don't believe in the flu shot. I think it's great. I know Tom hates me for it. I know we've gotten into some heated discussions about it. But I, I, what I've proven for myself that I get the shot, I get sick, it takes me out right i don't get the shot people are sick around me i still eat healthy i wash my hands uh if somebody's coughing a lot make sure they get a non-rebreather mask i might put on a mask myself i take extra, in those elevated moments take my extra points but i've always stood on and argued that oh back to my point about proving it you know two two or three years ago now everybody got the shot and i was like yeah i got a shot i got a shot and then a new strain came through and his whole family got taken out and I didn't get sick at all. You know, I'm just saying. So, I, I, are you going to take a COVID shot? It depends on the research. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't know, man. And honestly, the honest answer is I don't know. I really don't know. But what I and that's the thing. It's the don't know of it. It's if with, with well, the stuff we referenced with flu and everything else, flu typically does not kill you. My stand on it is flu goes unchecked or it goes with the morbidity of the patient of there's this going on this going on this going on and it just piled on and that what that's what led to death but or it goes unchecked and turns into something worse like pneumonia that's where flu deaths come from and i'm typically healthy i'm overweight as you so rudely pointed out but i am i am healthy and and um i take care of myself and if i do get the flu for me it's going to be i'm gonna have the shivers and the chills for a day right now what i'm saying with the covid is what we've seen so far is it can hit different it hit that's just i know that's a meme out there but it just hits different than the flu or would you disagree the flu doesn't typically fill up people putting them on the vent the flu doesn't hit kids as hard as it's the covid seems to be hitting it just manifests differently and for me until i know more i'm gonna wear a mask because it does make me feel better can i say it it stops anything no i'll wear it just to do it this this is the fundamental difference in my opinion of the freedom that you have in the united states you can choose what you want to do to be comfortable for yourself i think that's that's the ultimate freedom that you get if 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 your government is going to tell you how to live your life then you've lost liberty if we can sit here and have an argument about, and I know that uh, occasionally I will take an opposing view to you just because I think it's funny, but the fact that we can have these kind of discussions is the definition of your liberty. So if, if somebody comes to and says, well, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that. You know, that changes the paradigm that you're living in. Now, on a humorous side note, you pointed out the shirt that I'm wearing. Yeah. I can no longer tuck it in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Not my fault. <laughs> but 
Yeah, the the fact that we can have discussions about it, and you can disagree with yeah. me, and I can disagree with you. That's whatever. Okay, it's, so then uh, that I'll put the point to you because Brent's and there's like, so you're anti-vax. Uh, so why complain to me if I don't wear a mask? Okay, you just went left field. And he's like, flu kills, <laughs> TB kills, smallpox kills, chickenpox all kill. No, <laughs> that is not the line to take, Brent. You know, no, I think you're 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 stirring me up a little bit. Well, I'm not anti-vax. A lot of vaccines do work. And when you ask about the COVID, the answer is most of my stuff. When it comes to a new shot, there's the human papillomavirus shot that came out in our lifetime. I remember uh, when we were first starting to have uh, our children. I think it was. Um, it was in my early marriage year, so in the 2000s that. The, the doctor starts saying, hey, you, you really should get this. And we're like, well, we've never heard of that. And we're in the medical field. What are you talking about? Well, it's this fairly new thing. It's like, nah, no. I, it has to have time for research to play out. And because the statistics on HPV and blah, 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 and what it does, it, it was low. We we did the research. We weighed the risks versus the reward. And we said, okay, we want more research done on it. Well, now we're past the point in our lives where it would matter to us, but they're pushing it on our kids. And we have allowed our kids to get on us like, let's do the research together. And you're old enough to decide if you want to take, because every vaccine does come with a risk, but is the risk greater than the reward or vice versa? But there's been enough research, long-term research on it now that we can see the effects and see that how much does it help? Does it help? The flu changes every year. You know why this is called COVID-19? Because it occurred in 2019. Yeah, I know. It wasn't 19 other strains. However, <laughs> however, if it mutates this year, it'd be COVID-20, right? If, if it's a distinctive mutation that separates it, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. But the flu, you get the flu A, flu B, flu D, blue. But even those mutate and change every single time. And you see the headlines again. I don't know if you can trust them, but you see the headlines of <laughs> scientists are worried about super virus. Well, I know theoretically super viruses are a potential thing. But when it comes down to to um, ch- chicken pox, now I might not understand chicken pox. Maybe Brent's educating me on something. My understanding with chicken pox is chicken pox doesn't kill anybody. Except when you become an adult, shingles can be a really painful thing. And even then, there has to be other things going on for it to kill you. Um, now, now yeah, I don't, I'm not even going to get on the anti-vax conversation because that whole allow people to choose not to vaccinate that that's been an issue and that's the thing and that's a bigger conversation we don't have time to get into because uh, i gotta move on to a, a next quick thing um you said it how much freedom do you give up for safety but at some point how much freedom do we take away for this greater good and i'm going to stand on right now with covid i don't know i don't know i i believe douglas if we could prove and I, it, we're nowhere near that okay but if we could prove hey COVID does this. This is exactly how you get it. If you get this shot, you'll never get COVID again. You'd be on board with, no, everybody needs to get it. I'd be on board with it. If it was without a definitive doubt, these people are dying. If you get this shot, you won't die. No, everybody needs to get it. We stopped spreading it. That's why nobody was asked originally if they could get a chicken pox shot or a polo shot or any of that stuff. It was a no-brainer. You're getting the shot. Sometimes freedoms go too far. Good. Seatbelts. God damn it. What? <laughs> what about seatbelts? It's the same thing. You know, do you legislate something that will save somebody? I mean, because 
They did legislate it. And you know what legislation does? It punishes you. Yeah. It doesn't make you safe. But if somebody comes out and says, you do this or else, I still have my choice. I can take the or else. I can. I still well, always have you the can or choose else. to stop breathing until you pass out. And then the body says or else. And they breathe. <laughs> 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 um, okay. All right. Cause I do have to wrap this up. So here, here's my thing, buddy. You know, you want to you want to choose to get a disease and bring it to my house? I I will or else your ass. All right, I'll just shoot you <laughs> through your mask. All right, we'll be good. Uh, but no, but it's interesting to hear about how the county is is handling the, which is why you came on. How you're handling the the COVID situation with volunteering, um, how it's happening with uh, uh, how it's happening with EMS uh, crews and. I haven't heard any numbers. You hear all kind of crazy numbers of, of this and that and record spikes in Georgia. What I'm not hearing is breakdowns of communities. And I, I think they should be studying what is the COVID exposure in EMS because you guys technically, literally, and I say you guys versus me because I'm not in the field and you're at least still getting on the ambulance and volunteering. You guys are literally getting exposures potentially to it every time you go out there. There's definitely known cases of exposures that it didn't take. I want to know what's going on there because that is the biggest control group in America, isn't it? It's the people, the healthcare, just call it healthcare, not just EMS healthcare. The people have to deal with it. What is keeping the exposures down or is it? You know, and maybe somebody's researching it or not, but until then, everybody, you know, be safe out there. Come on, have talks with me. It makes for a much more interesting conversation. Uh, I'll try to get Douglas on more when, uh, he has time and we'll talk about kind of ems stuff uh brent come on let's talk about it let's 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 talk about facts and and educate people uh justin i'd love to have you on sometime absolutely i know we talked about it before i don't know if you are in a position where you can do anything but anything you can i'd love to talk to anybody about anything um so eh. oh justin's wrapping it up here there's a long there is long-term data that reflects seatbelt debate no objective data for covid mass uses yeah and and that's a whole nother conversation I'd love to have with a bunch of people. So let's make it happen. Charles at GAIEMS.com is my email. It's right there on the screen. Again, for the podcast, Charles at G is in Go, A is in Apple, I is in Indigo, E is in Edward, M is in Mike, S is in Sam.com. And uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. But Douglas, thanks for being on. And thank you, everybody, for, for watching today. Uh, but I've got a, a meeting I have to run off to. So I uh, will be back at some point in the near future.